0: Listener Production. (gasps) Take it away, my dulcet-toned Adonis.
1: (laughs) It feels weird to be doing this without an audience now. We experienced this last year as well. We'll get used to it again. What is the
0: point of doing this when no one's here to (laughs) applaud? Let's leave. (laughs) Let's leave immediately.
1: Bye, Lindsay. Um, Hello Gistners, welcome back for another episode of Just The Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. And Rosanna and I have been on the road for Mm. the last couple of weeks. On
0: the road! (laughs) It's been so much fun,
1: we've had such a hoot.
0: Oh my gosh, the Canberra shows, the first ones, Mm -hmm. the very first time we did the dance number. Oh. The roar <laughs> from the crowd. There were points during the the number that we couldn't hear yeah. the music to dance. Mm-hmm. People were screaming so loud. So what we would like to say is continue doing that. Absolutely. Because it is so fun. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god. And we haven't stuffed it up once
1: surprisingly. I know. Like, and touch wood. I know. <laughs> we keep saying at some point it has to happen. It, I, it, yeah. it has to. Um, But yeah, so far it has not. It
0: has not. So
1: thank you, Canberra. Thank you, Adelaide. You mm. guys were such a delight. We had so much fun with you Yeah. And we've got, what, four shows coming up this weekend? We've got Sydney, Sydney times, Brisbane. times two.
0: Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Then
1: the following times week. Times two. Newcastle, Wollongong, Hobart, Hobart, and I can't remember where we're going. We're going from there, to
0: Perth. We're going to Sydney again, because all those shows sold out. Yeah, Melbourne, we're
1: Melbourne. going to Ge- Geelong. Geelong. Um, yeah, Gosford. Yes, My hometown.
0: Um and
1: then there's more to come. Um
0: more regional Queensland places, I think. Yeah, we're but just waiting just, for life
1: to get back to normal yeah. up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, go and check out the website. You know what to do. Google it yeah. and all the details will be there. And
0: I will say Northern Territory, like we're trying.
1: We're pushing. Everybody yes.
0: keeps asking, what about Northern Territory? Cause we're like, mm-hmm. we're going everywhere. And then Northern Territory people are like, not here. Yeah. And it's true. Yes. Uh, currently we are not, but we're trying. It's hard because apparently there is like a, a lack of venues in the right kind of Size for what we need, and we're trying, we, we, it's on our to do list. We're really trying to figure it out.
1: We promise.
0: We want to come to the NT, we want to see you in the NT. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) fingers
1: crossed, brilliant marketing campaign! It was the best,
0: it was so good. (laughs) I
1: love how offended some people got by it. Oh, genius.
0: Um, another thing you and I are doing after in, well we're doing two shows on friday night in sydney mm-hmm. and we've got saturday off and then we've got two shows in sunday, on sunday in brisbane and on the saturday <laughs> you and i Are going skydiving? I I know. I can't believe (gasps) you're doing it. So we got asked to do it to promote our show in Wollongong. We're doing this for you, Gong Mm -hmm. Gongers, Mm Gongians. So we've got our show at the Spiegel Tent in Wollongong coming up very soon, and they got in touch with us and said, "You know, we've got a great skydiving place here in the Gong Mm. to promote your show. Would you like to come and skydive?" hopefully in your leotards and I was like absolutely at the same moment Jacob was saying absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) but then I was like come on let's do it I fully thought I would be doing it by myself Mm. but then to my shock and surprise Jacob just suddenly said oh you're all right And so we're doing
1: it. I figure if I'm ever going to do it, it should have some sort of purpose like this, which is to promote the gong.
0: Well, to promote the gong. And also you said it'll be hilarious content. Yes. And I was like, oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) My transformation of you is almost complete. (laughs) Anything for content, my friend. Anything for content. Do you remember, like, when I was, like, 25 and dating and I would, like, have sex with dudes I wasn't super interested in Mm because I was like this will be a good story this will be good content
1: This could be a whole chapter in (laughs) a book. This could be a whole chapter (laughs) in a
0: book. They often were. Yeah. So that's what I'm turning you into, Mm -hmm. skydiving for the hilarious content.
1: The transformation is underway. So
0: if we don't make it, Brisbane, apologies. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or if we make it but we're on crutches.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) we've got to be careful Mm. for the number. Oh, yes. But um, it's very safe. It's very – we're doing it with Skydiving Australia. Mm. It's all – it's – they – if you go to their Instagram, they take all – all kinds of people, young and old, up there to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we're in very safe hands. Oh, sure. And but- we're attached to a person. Like we have no responsibility or pressure on us in the thing. Yeah. Like we are attached to a professional. Yeah. And then we just scream like banshees while they then do the pull the cord. Mm-hmm.
1: So you guys can look forward to seeing video footage of that yeah. because they're sending a cameraman to do it yeah. with us. Um, so we'll share the joy, what, share the magic. What's
0: the point of doing it if no one films it? Yeah, I course. wouldn't do it just for like <laughs> the life experience. Who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> Get the content.
1: That's what it's about. Yeah. But um, Yeah, we should consider doing a Beyonce and getting our legs insured considering they're an oh, important yeah. asset for us to be able to deliver on the number.
0: Well, that's what my niece Alira who has done it, said that the main the only thing you really have to think of and remember is you have to kind of put your legs up at a 90 degree angle to your body when you're landing mm. so like you don't smash into the ground with your feet and ankles. Yeah. And she was like you don't have the core strength for that Rosie and I was like how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> My core strength's fine.
1: On the day it's going to have
0: to be. It's going to have to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's uh well, that's... God the things speed. that we do as podcasters. <laughs> I know. Godspeed. I don't even know what Wish to say about Wish us, us luck, Jisners. Wish us luck. Should we do some breaking news? Please. Breaking news. Breaking news. I got the scoop. I see extra, extra! Read all about it. I'm breaking news. It's coming down. Wow!
1: <laughs> I forgot what that sounds like without a crowd.
0: I know. Everyone sings along. Yeah. It's so validating. <laughs> it's like that meme from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, vindication. <laughs> Not everyone hates it. There are some people in the room who point out that they hate it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yep,
1: they cop it the worst.
0: Um, so... Byron Bayes. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can't. I love it I so can't. much!
0: You've gotta finish watching it. Look, it's not the greatest television show in the world. I know. But it's so funny. It yeah. is it's like it's it's weird because they know they know the farce of it. Mm. Like all of them, none of them are pretending, oh, I'm just on this show because I live in Barron Bay and I want to, mm. you know, showcase my town. They're all like, no, I'm an influencer. I'm a wellness mm. I'm a fire crystal healer uh-huh. and I want to get my business going. Give me the th- give me the exposure. Let's do this. Like yeah. they're all pretty savvy. I think we're past the age of believing that people on reality shows aren't there for a multitude oh, of well reasons. Well past, yeah. Um. So they're all pretty savvy, and they all are very good at understanding that they are getting paid to bring the dramatic goods on screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy my favorite is the guy called Jade. He is the best <laughs> he's um Australia's most followed male influencer, although there's some tension about whether or not he bought his followers, but I don't even care because after this he'll oh. he'll he'll build legit followers. Uh-huh. but he just kind of gets that it's about bringing drama. Like one of my favourite moments in the whole show was he was launching his own fake tan <laughs> and he... <laughs> and he in his talking head to the camera, there was a whole lot of tension going on between like a whole lot of the cast members and he just said to the camera, look... There is some drama that is about to go down, and if it does, I want it to be at my fake tan launch. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Yes, I love you."
1: <laughs> he gets the system. He
0: gets the system. They all kind of do. And yeah. there's like a couple of there's a couple of really clueless Byron Bayish girls who are all into their sound healing and crystal whatever's. And there's a guy called Simba who I just want to punch his face. But anyway, they're like, they're just, they're all very Byron Bay-ish, well-fluencer mm-hmm. level, amazing, and I love it. Okay. I love it. It's chaotic nonsense.
1: Everything you've told me, as you've told me, it entertains me. Yeah. But when I tried to watch it, I got six you minutes only in watch and six mi- could not proceed. I'm
0: sorry. You got six minutes into Shit's Creek once and said you couldn't watch anymore.
1: That's a very valid point point thank you so I will much give you that um so all right check I'll push through
0: the thing with the first episode of Byron bays is they're having to do a lot of quite boring shopping list setting up the premise this person does this this person does this this mm. person's coming up from the Gold Coast this person doesn't really like that person that person's kind of dated that person okay we've got all of that out of the way in the first episode let's do the show now but you know what I mean the first episode's kind of setting everything up but once you push past that, it is, you've just got to lean into the silliness of it all.
1: And so what's the plan now? Are they going to do regular series drops? Or? I guess it
0: depends how it goes. I mean, they dropped like, I think, eight episodes,
1: uh-huh.
0: which I, I've i watched them all. Okay. Um, and Considering guess,
1: how many messages we've had about it. Have via we? Via Instagram. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm assuming that a lot of people have been watching it. Yeah. And they seemed very excited for it. Well,
0: so I really like it. So uh-huh. I hope it comes back. Uh-huh. I'm sure it probably will. Uh-huh. They ended on a cliffhanger. Oh. Yeah. So.
1: Don't spoil it. For I me. won't
0: spoil it. Mm. Um, oh, cover your ears, kids. Um, a story was in, where else? The Daily Mail today, that mm. a woman in Tunisia, it was um, printed in a, a medical journal this month, mm. was in her 40s and went to the emergency room um, because she'd had really constant urination she couldn't stop peeing and she mm. fl- felt some pain and when they did an x-ray they found that she had a glass tumbler like a glass no that was in her bladder like <gasps> on the outside of her bladder what? but it had been there so long that the bladder had formed <gasps> like a bladder stone around it
1: how how Tell she me now.
0: Apparently, sheepishly admitted to them that four years earlier she had inserted it in herself for sexy times.
1: In front bottom or back bottom?
0: F- front, front bottom. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. How could the back go to I your don't bladder?
1: Know how <laughs> None <laughs> of this makes sense to me. Yet. How could
0: your butthole go to your bladder? <laughs> oh Lord! Um, <gasps> she inserted this glass mm-hmm. into her badge yep. for sexy times. Uh-huh. They don't go into any more detail than that. I can't imagine what the sexy times are. And then four years later they found <sighs> it still in there and it Her body, I I guess, trying to protect itself from, like, a foreign object inside it had formed this massive, like, calcification, kind of like a kidney stone Uh around it, and she needed surgery to get it removed. But my question is, my question is this. (gasps) My question is twofold. A, did she put it up there, couldn't get it out, and then was too embarrassed to say anything, mm. but then was like, well, I can't really feel anything, so <sighs> I guess I'll just live my life and put that one down to luck. Or oh. did she genuinely put it up there and forget? <laughs>
1: Surely not.
0: I think it's the first one. You don't yeah. forget. I think she it's shoved it up there.
1: Embarrassed. It got
0: stuck. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, well. I can't feel it. So I guess that problem's taking care of itself, kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Don't want to stress about that. But then you're walking around for four years knowing there's a glass
1: inside of you. How have you seen a picture? How big is the glass?
0: It's like a glass tumbler, like, you know, when you go to your cupboard to get a glass, of, to have a glass of water, okay. probably about one you would take for that size.
1: Okay. Oh, you would be living sure, in fear, not of falling over. A, not a over. tall
0: glass, like a short glass. Surely you would feel that every step you took. Well, apparently she lived for four years, oh my and then when she started, she only went to the doctor apparently because she was having this constant urination problem, <laughs> not because she was like, maybe it's because of the glass tumbler that I shoved up there. Also, what were the sexy times, right? I mean, you know what, I bet she did it for a dude. I bet some dude had seen it in a porno and she was like, because women are raised to think that we have to do whatever men want in the bedroom or else we'll die barren and alone. Mm. (laughs) Maybe she just acquiesced to some weird request or maybe it was her fetish and it just went wrong. I don't know. But she's fine. They had to do surgery and remove it. Oh, my God. But there just wasn't really any detail because I clicked the link through to the journal article and it's very medical easy. It's, like, not an easy read. But they didn't really go into any detail about, like, A, the motivation behind sticking it up there except for sexual reasons Mm. and, B, how she came to not remember it was there or not say anything about it for four years. It
1: could get all the way up to her bladder. I thought the tubes would have been absolutely tiny. Me
0: too, you, uh, babies come out of there, so mm. maybe, but not out of that not section. Out of the bladder, yeah. Yeah, because that's the separate hole. Women mm. have the two holes and there's the bladder hole with, for the wee and the other hole for the penises and the babies. And that can
1: stretch for a glass to come up. You know who this makes me fearful for? <laughs> Our friends have that little daughter who got fixated with putting things <laughs> into her hoo-ha for a while. Kids do. When things around the house yeah. would disappear, that would be the first place they'd have to look <laughs> oh, and no. a lot of times that's where they found it and they'd have <gasps> To just do random spot checks from time to like, time, like prisoner. Just, yes, exactly. Squat and, cough. <laughs> and yeah, the things they would find in there, like batteries and oh toothbrushes. No. And yeah, I mean,
0: it is. What if something wedged its way too far it's up and nifty, they couldn't find it? It's a nifty little place to put things. Oh. Like back in the day, like. I never did it, but I had friends who like music festivals and you'd put your drugs in foil and then wrap it in glad wrap and then stick that up your (laughs) vag because the sniffer dogs can't sniff your eckies up your vatch. Like I know it's a nifty little place. So I can understand if you're a little kid and you discover it, you'd be like, What?
1: (laughs) It's got a built-in pocket. Yeah, it is. The dresses don't come with pockets, but I do
0: oofed, but a whole glass. Oh, mm. That's a thats a thing. Yeah. That's a to-do. Oh. So there's that. Mm. Um, and I've got one more for you. A bit of a why men. I, I was bet you she ends
1: up selling that glass. <laughs> I bet you it becomes a collector's item on eBay.
0: A, how did it not break the whole time? And B, how did it not break when they were taking it out? Oh, I guess because it got, it's, it kind of got fossilized yeah. in there. The Kidney stone esque uh-huh. thing around it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's going to end up on display Precept. somewhere. I guarantee. Oof. Yuck. Okay, sorry.
0: Um, I was going to save this for the live show, but it just made me laugh so much. Um, <laughs> so, um, Elon Musk, he's uh, he's figured out how to uh, end this war in Ukraine. Of course, Ukraine. he has. Um, so he tweeted mm. yesterday. Get this. He's he's solved it. I hereby challenge Vladimir Putin to single combat. Stakes are Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to meet Putin out the back of the bike sheds and punch him in the balls. <gasps> Problem solved. Thanks, Elon.
1: Man to man. Everyone uh-huh. was like,
0: oh, and then. We've like, been he,
1: waiting for a hearing. He didn't get up.
0: a response. And so then he um, wrote underneath that tweet in Russian Do you agree to this fight? And as yet, Putin's not responded. (laughs)
1: Oh, I get now why you can't stand him. I
0: don't understand these men who, on the one hand, are quite brilliant. It's the same as with Kanye West. I'm not even going into that whole situation because there are... uh, Yeah, I don't want to get into that situation, but Mm. it's similar in that there are these men who do have aspects of genius in a particular thing they've decided to do like no one can deny that kanye has been a genius of his craft at times elon musk i don't know a lot about stuff he's created but his space program i don't know whatever Mm. smart 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 dudes why does that then translate into them becoming like completely deranged egomaniacs who think that like
1: Got go, I can
0: end this current war mm. by having a one-on-one punch on with Vladimir Putin, <laughs> and I—that I, is so not outrageous to me that I will tweet it for the entire world to see. Yeah. Like, what is going on there? Why are men?
1: He smokes a lot of weed, right?
0: No, he doesn't. No, he only smoked weed when he did that podcast to look cool. That's why he looked so unnatural doing it. Oh, okay.
1: Right, So it wasn't even like he just thought it was funny. He genuinely thought this had the potential to end the conflict.
0: I think, no, oh I genuinely God. think so. Yes. I don't <laughs> think he thought it was funny. I don't think he's a funny person. Same as um, Kanye. There is zero irony or humour in the way they interact with the yeah, world.
1: Yeah, especially not at their own expense. Never yeah. at
0: their own expense. Mm. I just, like, I, c- I can't. Yeah, Such problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved. Is it true he
1: had another baby? Yes. What's it named?
0: Um, it's named X uh, X X and something something. Not as weird as the, the last one.
1: Okay, so no symbols. In no this one. symbols,
0: but s- still weird. Oh, that is. There was this funny meme going around where a news outlet had been like, um, "Elon Musk and Grimes have had a new baby," and then there was a, a link beneath it to go through to the story and someone was like is that the name http colon slash yeah no they did have another baby but um i don't know x on something whatever something something <sighs> beep beep bloop bloop bippity bop
1: get ready to be embarrassed little child
0: and that was a breaking news. new <sighs> I can relax, cuz it's your turn. Yes.
1: I have a story. And this, I've been waiting to tell this story for ages. I prepared this last year before Rosie went into the spa. Oh, and um have just sort of been sitting on it since then. Um it's <laughs> just the, oh, oh. That's what just, are you drinking, Rosanna?
0: That's just the sound of some glistening bird in hand, Jacob. <laughs> Pouring into my classy glass jar, which is probably the reason they'll never sponsor me. Oh but by the way we are going out oh, to a fancy lunch Ooh, in Melbourne yes I someone from bird in hand reached out mm-hmm. reached out to me because at the shows you'll see when you come I do a funny bit about bird in hand and um and everyone tagged them like they must have got, 200 Mm. people at our show. And um, so then all of a sudden, the Just the Gist podcast account started getting followed by Bird in Hand, which I'm surprised they weren't already because they do follow me. Mm. And then a guy reached out to me who's like on their marketing team, I think, and he was like, hey, like, what's the (laughs) guy? Like, he didn't say that, but he was really nice. But I think he was like, who are you? And why is everyone tagging (laughs) you and us in the same posts? And so he said, yeah, when are you back from Canberra and Adelaide? And I was Mm. like, soon. And I said, why don't we, when Jacob's in town, Mm -hmm. go out to lunch? So you and I are meeting with uh, someone from the inner circle. Yes. We're going to have a business lunch. We're going to have a business lunch. Drink some
1: business juice and make some business deals. I hope so. Mm. I'm really excited.
0: He was really nice.
1: Thanks for all your support, guys. Keep it coming.
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay. Okay, Ah, please continue.
1: Yes, all right. So the story is about one of the world's bravest, most decorated and unlikeliest war heroes Mm -hmm. she was an Australian woman who was married to a very wealthy man living the high life in the French Riviera when World War II broke out and she absolutely had the financial means to just ignore the war wait it out but instead she got very involved and wound up jumping out of planes and shooting bazookas and throwing hand grenades and one time she even killed a Nazi with her bare hands (gasps) she was at the top of the Nazis most wanted people list
0: Jacob, Yes. did she send a message through to Hitler saying one-on-one combat, <laughs> me and you, stakes are Europe?
1: <laughs> she hated him so much, I wouldn't be surprised if she gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, no, she went about it in a more covert and productive yeah, way than actual, Elon Musk real, did. A more actual, real, productive
0: way. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the Germans called her the White Mouse and mm. they put this enormous bounty on her head. I am telling you the story of the feminist icon Nancy Wake.
0: Yes! Yes!
1: Um, and I should probably just put this out there straight away because I did refer to Nancy as an Australian and there are absolutely potentially dozens of Kiwis right now who are yelling at their headphones that Nancy was from New Zealand. Nancy
0: from New Zealand.
1: And you are correct. She was born in Wellington and she lived there till she was two. Then she moved to Sydney and she, grew up there. So we she, claimed her.
0: Yeah, we claimed her. But yeah. for a little while she wore gendals and <laughs> and wrote with pins. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Same as Russell Crowe. Yeah. yeah. Used yeah. that terminology for a little while, then came over here and we went, okay, they're ours now. Well,
0: like Nicole Kimman was born in Hawaii. Was she? Yeah. Huh. And came here when she was young. Yeah. Mm.
1: And Mel Gibson was born in New York, I think. We so. claim everyone. Yeah. If but they then do... we gave Mel Gibson back. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't <laughs>
0: want him anymore. <laughs> we're done with him. Yeah. Anyone who's done anything notable who lived here for more than a year, we're like, they're ours. Yeah. Vegemite, Australian, mm-hmm. Aussie.
1: Pavlova. We'll take that. Thank you. Lamingtons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels Australian. Just feels like we we should own that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Nancy, living in Sydney and ran away from home when she was 16. She went on to spend most of the 1930s working in Europe as a freelance journalist, self-taught. She scammed her way into getting her first jobs by lying and saying that she could speak Arabic fluently. (laughs) And to prove it, she just drew a bunch of random symbols on a piece of paper (laughs) and showed them to the guy who (laughs) was interviewing doing it for the job and he said oh terrific yep you're hired um she set herself up in Paris because she just fell in love with that city Mm -hmm. and she lived this gorgeous glamorous carefree life there she was wined and dined by Frenchmen every night and she lived alone with her cute little pet terrier that she named Picon. Picon and just to give you a visual image she was stunningly beautiful Mm. with this gorgeous dark hair, always looked immaculate. She was very quick-witted and she just oozed confidence without being Mm. arrogant at all. She was really charming.
0: You know who she's reminding me of? Did you ever watch Killing Eve?
1: Oh, I started it, yes. You know Villanelle, the –
0: the assassin who Mm -hmm. lives in that bohemian Paris apartment and is always exquisitely dressed and cool and, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Kind of seemed like that.
1: Men just falling at her feet and she was very flirtatious but very brassy. Like, Mm. she maintained that sort of Australian culture, like, she swore like a sailor and she smoked like a chimney and she drank like we drink. <laughs> she like, she had a good time. Yeah. And she travelled all over Europe to cover the most important stories, which frequently took her to Marseille in the south of France, which she loved. So she went there for holidays as well as for business. And it was there that she met and fell in love with this multimillionaire playboy named Henri, and mm-hmm. they fell in love. They got engaged and she agreed to give up her flat and her job in Paris. Paris and relocate to Marseille and just live a luxe life as a woman of wealth.
0: And how old is she at this point?
1: 26. <gasps> I know. That's
0: good I if know. you can get it. Mm-hmm. 26, marrying a millionaire.
1: Living in a house with five full-time staff.
0: Get
1: f. Thank you. Um, personal driver um, to take her out to her brunches and her beauty treatments mm. and shopping sessions. Um, She said herself that she was completely frivolous and useless at that point in her life, but she was having fun and enjoying it. And Mm. all she had to worry about in terms of responsibility was planning her wedding. But then in 1939, the Nazis invaded Mm. France and she found out about this when she was on her way to London to go to a health retreat so she could slim down for the wedding. (laughs) Um, And when she found out the news, she said, well, screw the diet and screw the wedding. I'm going to help with the war effort. I love Um, it.
0: This is like what so many Ukrainian people are doing
1: right now. 100%. Yep. She was like, I'm going to get involved. So the day after war was declared, she went to the recruitment office in London to volunteer. And she didn't care if it meant putting off her wedding Indefinitely, potentially, Mm. she just felt compelled to help because while she was a journalist, she'd reported a lot about Hitler and the rise of the Nazis. She'd seen Hitler firsthand at his rallies. She'd been in the same room as him a few times. She'd also seen Nazis torturing Jews publicly in Mm. Vienna and Berlin and she'd been writing a lot about how terrible the Nazis are, Mm. but no one seemed to be heeding her warning. She'd made a promise to herself, though, that if she ever got the chance to do something to fight back against them, she was 100% going to do it. Yeah. Which was why she felt really strongly she had to enlist, but when she got there to the recruitment office, they told her the only job they had available for her was working in the canteen as a lunch lady. Of course. I was going to say
0: typing, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Could have been knitting even.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she just sort of went... that and went back to the south of France mm. and had a small quickie wedding with her money bags husband instead of the elaborate event they were planning and then just sort of settled down and became a real housewife of the French Riviera because even though France was at war with Germany the war was up in the northern border and they were mm. down in the south so it wasn't impacting where they were at all. And
0: didn't France eventually just go, fine, Hitler, you can come in. They
1: didn't fight for all <laughs> yeah. that long. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Just do what you want with us. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. and But in the time that the conflict was going on, she and all the friends mm. around her, because they were so privileged, they could just insulate themselves and go, la, 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 pretend it wasn't happening. Yeah. And, you know, they kept that up for... A, A while she'd wake up at 10 o'clock every morning and go and have her breakfast cocktail on the balcony and just try to ignore that there was a war going on not that far away, which is something a lot of people are experiencing right 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 now. But then Henri was called up to go and serve in the French army fighting up at the Belgian border. So Nancy decided she was going to make herself useful while he was away. She wasn't going to let him have all the fun. She wanted to set herself up as a freelance ambulance driver even though she'd never driven a car before in her life. <laughs> she got Henri drunk before he went off to war and convinced him to give her a truck from his factory and have it converted into an ambulance because she'd trained to be a nurse when she first ran away from home. At 16. So she
0: knows the important bits. Exactly. She Once knew how she's to patch there, people up. She knows yeah. what to do. She just
1: needed to figure out the pedals and the wheels oh, and that's stuff. Easy. easy
0: peasy. I'll do that one day too. Yeah. She picked it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> um. Uh, <clears throat> She figured it out and got herself up to the Belgian border, which was Mm. about nine hours away. And she spent her days collecting as many injured refugees and soldiers as she could and take them to hospitals where they could get help. And she was also helping a lot of Jewish people escape across the Belgian border as well. And just doing that would have earned her medals for bravery because mm. she was going into active war zones, gunfire everywhere, explosions all over the place, like massive bravery for her to be just doing that, but this is only the beginning of the stuff she did to contribute to the war effort.
0: And is this still around 39? This is the very yep. beginning.
1: Very beginning. Wow, this is- um, and she was up there for a few months yeah. while the French were actively fighting against the Nazis. And then, like you said, the French signed the armistice that meant they were like, yeah. yeah, okay, you can have our country. Um, and Nancy was disgusted and heartbroken mm. and furious that France had just rolled over like this. And she refused to accept that the Nazis now had control of this country she loved so much. So she was very delighted to find out about the French resistance mm. that was going mm-hmm. on. So this was an underground Network of people who refused to obey the treaty that had been signed with the Nazis. Yeah, they were a mix of soldiers and civilians all over the country who were very determined to keep fighting as a sort of unofficial, decentralised army of sorts.
0: See the film *Inglorious Bastards*.
1: Ah. Oh. Along those lines, yes, that is, I think, my third favorite Tarantino movie. Yes, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that Nancy and her crew were doing later on in this story did a lot to inspire Tarantino's movie. (gasps)
0: Oh,
1: Mm, yeah. So Nancy didn't hesitate to volunteer to help Mm. the resistance out, and Henri tried to stop her at Fort. At first because he was very worried about how dangerous Mm. this could be but nancy could never ever be told what to do certainly not by a man so she started smuggling secret messages between different resistant fighters in different cities and then she started sourcing them supplies and radio equipment and distributing secret newsletters and pamphlets throughout the network so everyone could communicate um And she actually found it really easy. It was very dangerous, but she found it easy because she just had to play the part of a French housewife who was just Mm. out and about running errands and visiting with her friends. And any time she ever was stopped at a Nazi checkpoint, she would just do a little flirting, bat her eyelids, Mm -hmm. um, play with her neck a little and then ask if they'd maybe like to search her and they'd (laughs) go all sort of hot and sweaty as she'd kind of disarm them and Mm. they would just let her go through the checkpoint without searching her bags.
0: I tell you what, as a woman if you can tap into how much people underestimate you because of your gender, mm-hmm. you can find so much power there.
1: Oh, yeah. She used her femininity as her superpower yeah. and she used her sexuality.
0: Sexuality. Mm-hmm.
1: It was powerful But just and the fact worked.
0: that, I mean, sure, she had her sexuality to fall on, but just by virtue of being a woman, so many people just, didn't assume, like with the nuns. Yep. The story mm-hmm. you told with the nuns, how totally underestimated. the priests at the Vatican never assumed they were smart enough to do what they did.
1: Mm-hmm. Nobody
0: assumes she's doing anything untoward because she's just a little lady. That's right. Um, Tap into that. Yeah. To rule the world.
1: Uh huh. So that's what made her ultimately such a major target mm. for the Nazis. Because once they did find out about her, they were like, "She's been doing." what? But she's still just getting started as a courier at this point in the story. Because then from there, she started helping people escape through um, a network of safe houses. Anyone who wanted to get out of the country would have to go out through um, the Spanish border across the Pyrenees. And that was of course very difficult moving all these hundreds of people, lots of Jews and lots of um, like soldiers that Mm. had been shot out of the sky and whatnot. Um, And so that was a very tricky and complicated um, process that they had to go through. And the thing that made it even more difficult was that the country was under martial law. There was a curfew every night. People could be stopped and questioned at any time. And if you wanted to travel anywhere, you had to have a permit. Yeah, papers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. very tricky. If she'd been caught, she 100% would have been tortured and executed. Mm. But she was still willing to keep going because she just knew it was the right thing to do. Um, And she says that she was too busy to be scared at any point as well. She was just focusing on getting the job done rather than focusing on the consequences that could happen to her. And so she went about every single day keeping up appearances with her standard sort of routine and then at night she'd be out there helping to transport refugees from A to B so that ultimately they could escape the country.
0: Like Harriet Tubman, we need to do an episode on her. Yes, a lot of
1: people describe this as very much like the Underground Railroad. Yes, yes. um, Americans usually describe that because that's something that's taught in their schools, yeah. where it was this elaborate network that helped people get to safety.
0: Yeah, it helped, through yeah, a
1: very dangerous black zone. Black
0: Americans to a place where they could be considered free yeah. human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do an episode on Harriet Tubman and the Underground
1: Railroad. She is on the list. I don't know enough about her, so yeah, one of for us, for us will get to reason. her for sure. Um, she got by on this mix of. Guts and instinct as well as intelligence and also a lot of luck. You right? I just
0: missed my mouth. Excuse <laughs> me. Sorry. Uh, keep it in, Lindsay. Warts and all.
1: Poured some of that precious bird in hand I down. Did, you my cleavage. Cleavage. Oh.
0: What? It's because I'm drinking out of a jar. <laughs> so <it's not> really
1: <laughs> and Regina Rhinestone's all wet now. I
0: know.
1: My vagina <laughs> necklace. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, Yeah, she was really good at relying on her intuition to tell her if she could trust someone or not. And Mm. there were a few times where she sniffed out Nazi spies who'd infiltrated the resistance movement, which managed to save her life. And she was also a very, very good actress. She Mm. was... Great at playing the entitled housewife. Mm. So, anytime she would get into a little bit of trouble and be brought in for questioning because she'd done something that was a little bit suspicious, she knew the best thing to do would be to go full privileged Karen and ask to speak to the manager. Yes. Yes.
0: How dare you? Don't you know who I am? Precisely. I love it. Yep.
1: And she'd demand an apology and she'd end up getting it. And, like, an example of this is one time it raised a flag when they noticed she'd had 40,000 francs transferred into her bank account and she was brought in to be questioned about what she was going to be doing with such mm. a large sum of money and she just sort of went uh, that might be a large sum of money for you but that is just my bar tab down at the bistro <laughs> my dear and i'd like to speak to your manager please because you're wasting my time and she got an apology letter yes, for that I love- Yes, she was so good at playing this part. Lots of capers happen as the months mm. went by. There was one time she helped smuggle a Nazi uniform into a prison to give to one of the prisoners there, so he so found he it really easy to escape. escape. Yes.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Right, that
1: inspired Hogan's Heroes episode. Um, there was another time she slipped sleeping potion into a prison guard's wine, mm. and then she smuggled ten prisoners out of jail. What? Yeah, incredible.
0: <gasps> this is like... On the ground, front line, Mm -hmm. scary, espionage level, you will get tortured stuff.
1: Yep. And keep in mind, she didn't have to be doing any of this because she was a rich housewife. She could have just been a rich housewife. Yes. But instead, she ultimately helped smuggle 2,000 people (gasps) out of France. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And as I said, at some point, the Nazis realised that the person who was doing all this incredible work was a woman Mm. and they started hearing rumors about her being this really beautiful woman and so they started setting traps for her but she'd keep escaping them she evaded them at every point and that's why they started calling her the white mouse because Mm. she was so slippery and was able to get away anytime they thought they had her cornered what
0: traps were they setting like it's like oh it's a beautiful woman here's a beauty salon (laughs) come and get your hair done pretty women like how did <laughs> they just did put they...
1: a jar of moisturizer on a yeah, underneath I know, a box yeah. with a stick. <laughs> with a string, yeah.
0: like I, it's like it's a, it's a pretty lady <laughs> helping people. <laughs> what? We'll set trap. like what, how do you set traps based on that bit of information?
1: A lot of times it would be a matter of her going and meeting with a man right. um, who was, you know, offering some sort of assistance and straight away she'd just be like, she'd I don't get know. a good feeling about and you, I'm go, giving you no information Yeah,
0: she'd just
1: and be leave. like, I'm just a housewife, bye. Yeah. yeah, right, okay. Or like she'd turn up to a restaurant to meet with someone and she'd just get a vibe that things weren't right yeah. and she'd turn around and leave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so they were talking about this white mouse and as an incentive to catch her, they put out this um, 5 million franc <gasps> bounty on her head, Oof, which was the highest lot. of any person in France mm. at the time. They really wanted to catch her. Um and Nancy heard that the Gestapo were looking for this person called the White Mouse, but one of her friends had to be the one to point out to her, honey, I think that's you. <laughs> she was like, Really? Me?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Wow. And she was very pleased by this. She yeah. was so nice to be noticed. Little Five me. Five million francs?
0: Lights camera action and me without a stitch of makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but then the point came when the resistance network was compromised by Nazi spies and it was Clear, Nancy had to get out, otherwise, she was going to be oh no. arrested. Where's
0: Henri through all of this?
1: Still with her at this time. So, he came back from war as soon as the armistice was signed. And Did
0: he know that she was doing this?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. And he was helping out oh, as cool. well, even though he was reluctant to begin with. So, he's he started a wuss, helping out but with he's helping. being courier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He figured, hey, if she's going to be in danger, I'll be in danger as well. He was a really good guy.
0: Good on you, Henry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, she'd known for a while that her phone had been tapped because mm. she could hear it anytime she'd listen. Mm. All her mail showed up opened when it got to her house. Um, I think
0: maybe it had been opened.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, it had. Um, and then one day, the owner of her favourite cafe told her she was being followed, and mm-hmm. she was like, Okay, time to, go. time to go. So Henri said, You've got to go to London straight away. Just go tonight. Use the escape network that you've been helping coordinate. He said he couldn't leave yet. He had to make it look less suspicious by staying behind no, and is had he to sort die? some things out. No, we'll see. Um, so. She headed off with just the outfit she was wearing and her handbag yeah. and to make it look to her neighbours who she thought were spies and they were, yeah. um, like she was just going shopping. She just said, bye, see you soon and said farewell to Henri and Piquant at the front door of the apartment. And even though she'd helped to very smoothly smuggle all those thousands of people over the Pyrenees and into France, for her it was not quite so easy because of weather conditions and because the Nazis were on to what they were doing and had upped their patrol levels. Um, She was prevented from getting even close to the bottom of the mountains every time she tried. So she ended up wandering around the south of France for more than three months (gasps) wearing the same outfit the entire time, going back to near the border and then, oh, no, Mm. have to go away again and hide for a while and then come back and try again. In that time, there were a couple of times where she had to jump off moving trains because the Nazis came on board and wanted to see everyone's documents. So she just did that classic thing we see in the movies, the jump and roll. Jump
0: and roll. And a few
1: times they'd spot her doing it and they'd shoot after her and she'd just run off into the forest. Well,
0: I mean, because they do kind of make you feel like it's as easy as it was in the end of The Sound of Music where Mm. you just put on some ponchos and to get out of your country you just walk up a hill and then when you're on the other side of that hill... You're in a new country and yeah. you're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not like in the musicals, kids. Yeah, no. it's really hard. Like to, and it, I think people are finding now in Ukraine, like it's they've they've set up some what they're calling are like safe passageways for mm. people to walk across the border and stuff. But when there are soldiers literally along the entire border, it's not like you can just walk mm-hmm. to the edge of the country and step over the line. That's and right. it's so hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she was spending days at a time without food and she was sleeping in the forest or sleeping in barns sometimes, sleeping in random people's houses. She got scabies at one Mm. point. She just had to wash her clothes as best she could. It's a skin condition that comes from a bug.
0: I've always I've heard it referred to a lot, but I don't know exactly. Is it like a rash you just from bugs eating you? get a bite from a bug, you? and it
1: causes this like spread of inflammation throughout Ew, the skin, which is yucky. really itchy gross, and gross, can gross. get very pustully. And should I go on?
0: And is it from like not washing enough because you're bad hygiene? That, yeah, right. Which yeah. which not her fault. She's you know trying to cross a border.
1: And yeah. there was one time as well. She was captured by the <gasps> Nazis. Um, so normally, if the Nazis ever did ask her for her papers she'd just throw them off their guard by flirting a little bit yeah. and then they wouldn't notice that her ID was a forgery yeah. but this one time this one particular Nazi did notice the forgery and took her to jail and while she was there she was beaten very badly mm. they were trying to torture her into confessing that she had blown up a cinema in a city called Lord. Which she did not do. They had no idea she was the white mouse. By the way, they were trying to get her to confess to being this sex worker in Lord, who was known for having blown up this cinema. Yeah, um, like
0: so, in *Inglorious*. Exactly. Mm,
1: yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they had no clue. They had caught the number one most wanted woman Idiots. in Europe, and she was just giving the alibi that she'd been trained to give, which was that she had left her husband to go and be with her lover and that's why she had false documentation. The Nazis didn't believe her. They kept beating and torturing her and she was certain, I'm going to be executed. Yeah. And she was there for five days when another member of the French resistance showed up and walked into her jail cell. And when she saw him, at first she panicked and thought, oh my God, he's been caught as well. Mm. Then he smiled at her and she thought, This bastard sold me out He's a traitor Oh my god He's told them the truth Then he walked over to her Picked her up off the ground And kissed her on the lips And told the guards This is my mistress Mm. I'm here to pick her up She's run away from her husband and of course, because the guards were hearing this story from a man, now they believed it.
0: Of course, they believed uh-huh. it. So they
1: sent the couple off with a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Have
0: fun, kids.
1: Yes. Enjoy your first night together. Sorry about all the bruises all over your body. Um, yeah, and they had. No idea. I have no idea if they ever even figured out that they had the white mouse there in their jail cell and they had let her go.
0: And who was the guy?
1: He was just another member of the just resistance. A, yeah.
0: yeah. It was like they had her back and they sent someone in. That is so smart. Yeah.
1: They'd worked out that plan that if you weren't didn't meet up at a rendezvous point, they'd assume you'd been arrested and your alibi is going to be...
0: The lover. Yeah. And so they'll send in a lover. Clever.
1: <gasps> very clever. so
0: smart.
1: Yes. So... Three months of wandering around the south of France, wanting nothing more than to go home and see Henri in Marseille, but knowing that would just be too dangerous for both of them, was time to make the sixth attempt to get across the Pyrenees. She was just about at the base of the Pyrenees when once again her train was raided by Nazis and she was like, nope, sorry, not this time, boys. Mm. And so she jumped off the train, bolted up a mountainside. The train stopped. The Nazis all got out. Mm. She could hear all the bullets whizzing past her, but she just ran, 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 wasn't slowing down for anything. And then when it was safe, she made her way to where she was meeting up with the guides Mm. who were going to take her and a few others over the border when nightfall came. They had to trek up through the highest, snowiest, most dangerous, cliffiest parts of the mountain above where the Nazis were patrolling with their bloodhounds. They had to stay far away enough that they couldn't be sniffed out. And their method was walk for two hours, sit and rest for 10 minutes. Walk for two hours, sit and rest for 10 minutes. When you were resting, that's when you could take your wet socks off Mm -hmm. and put on a a dry pair. That you would then take off and put the wet ones
0: back on. You know, that sounds exactly like what we did in cadets in high school. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) To stop you getting frostbite.
0: Well, yeah, but we would walk for two hours, rest for 10 minutes, walk for two hours, rest for 10 minutes. And you did, yeah, you had to always be constantly changing your socks and stuff because you would walk through creeks and. I mean, not that I'm comparing, but I'm just no, saying, yeah, yeah. isn't it messed up mm-hmm. that I was part of a school camping group <laughs> that tried to emulate <laughs> what it's like to be <laughs> in a war? <walk? laughs> yeah, was
1: anyway, Yeah the border, Anyway,
0: it's a weird thing, cadets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there was this American guy who kept moaning about how hard it was and how sore his feet were and so he he kept (laughs) sitting down protesting and saying, no, I need to have a proper rest. Ten minutes is not long enough. Sounds
0: like me and cadets. (laughs) 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 Oh,
1: that feels right. Um, Yeah, Nancy was not having any of this sort of behavior from him. So she literally grabbed him by his hair, dragged him over to the edge of a cliff and said, I will push you off this mountain if you don't stop fucking slowing us down. Get your shit together. And so he then started cooperating. And after 50 hours of hiking, they made it into Spain. And then a couple of weeks later, Nancy finally arrived in England. And when she got to London, she threw herself into some serious partying because
0: oh yeah, deserved.
1: Yeah, she earned it.
0: Yeah, she earned it.
1: Uh huh. And the city at that time was full of armed services people who were enjoying mm. their leave. Um, there was a good time to be had in every pub around the mm-hmm. city. And she also got to meet up with a bunch of the folks that she'd rescued through Mm. the escape network as well. So she was constantly being taken out and hosted by all these people. So she was having a lot of fun while she was waiting for Henri to get there. And she was really worried about him because she couldn't get in contact with him in any way that was going to be secure. And so after six weeks of fun and playing she decided okay i've got to do more to contribute here i've got to get back in the game and so even though she was still very angry at the english army for offering her a canteen duty job a few years earlier she decided to apply for a job with them in the special operations executive have you heard of them Mm -mm. they're kind of Almost like, um, what's James Bond in? MI5. MI5,
0: yeah. yeah. A like sort a of spy organization,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so the Brits were very well aware of all the resistance fighters in all of the countries that the Nazis had invaded and considered them to be an asset, especially the French resistance, who'd yeah. mobilized into this army that called themselves the Maquis, yeah. M A Q U I S. Basically means dense shrubbery. Because they were hiding out in the forest most of the time.
0: Like what Homer backs into (laughs) here. Correct. Yes.
1: Um So it was England's strategy to do everything they could to support these groups that were on the ground Mm. so they could help bring down the Nazis from the inside. So Winston Churchill had set up this secret little group of spies, the SOE, who were sent in to help coordinate the resistance fighters and give them as much information as the British had access to, give them ammo, give them direction so they could work together in a cohesive, strategic way. And the SOE knew all about Nancy and what she'd done for obvious reasons. So she was hired on the spot and sent off to spy school. Mm. The first stop was a training camp just outside of London. And this was a very intense 10-week process she had to go through. Obstacle courses, physical challenges, super difficult because they wanted to weed out the ones that were never going to make it. Standard guys. boot camp. Come on. She was certainly not an athlete that she was so determined not Mm. to quit. So she got through all the fitness tests because she just refused to give up and surrender. She impressed all of the soldiers who were assessing her, but she did still get fired a few weeks in because she couldn't help herself from yelling at superior officers and swearing at other recruits. So her behaviour was unbecoming. She also made a mockery of the um, psychological testing. They made her do the Rorschach inkblot test. And everyone they'd show to her, she'd go, oh, it's an inkblot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Next one, ah, oh,
1: it's another ink blot. And so, because she wasn't cooperating, they were like, "This is not for you," yes, and they it fired is, her. Like, what?
0: Oh, that is so. And so then Winston Churchill
1: found out about it, and he was like, "No, no, yeah. she is an asset. You will be getting her back." So she was oh, invited Winston. back a few days later. Yep. Yeah. And they sent her off to Scotland for part two, for mm-hmm. six weeks of intensive training there. That's where she learned how to shoot all the different guns, how to plant bombs, how to disarm bombs, how to throw grenades, how to disable a tank. By putting oh, honey so in the cool. fuel. Oh,
0: that's so cool. She yep. learnt all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn all that
1: stuff. She learned all different types of armed and unarmed combat. Mm-hmm. And there was a big focus on how to kill someone silently with a knife or a rope or just oh. with your bare hands. Oh, like, I want to learn how to do that. Stuff. Yeah, that's
0: so cool.
1: And night after night, they'd practice parachuting out of a plane <gasps> because that <gasps> was going to be a big part of what she needed to do. That's what yep. we're going to do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um she did fail a bunch of her courses because she just couldn't take them seriously. Mm. And she was focused on having as much fun as she could while she was there. She couldn't help herself from causing mischief. And she had a lot of fun using condoms to like embarrass her teachers by like putting them behind a blackboard that <laughs> the teacher would turn I love over. Her. Yeah. She just anything to make her and her other recruits laugh, yeah. she was willing to do. And so. They decided, you know what? If anything, she's good for morale. Yeah, we've got to keep her, and she's obviously really tough. So it's time to deploy her. They gave her the code name Helene. Mm -hmm. And before she went off to battle, she had to be given her own special um, code key. So every individual spy had this special key that they'd use to decode any correspondence they sent back to London. So only they knew it and the operator on the other end knew it. Um, And so every member of the SOE would choose something usually quite grand like a Shakespeare sonnet or a Bible verse or something and when Nancy had to choose hers she said I'm gonna go with my favourite limerick which is she stood right there in the moonlight fair the moon shone through her nighty. the moonlight hit on the nipple of her tit oh Jesus Christ almighty (laughs) (laughs) the coat operators were like no you can't you you can't have that she was like oh oh, but I can yes you fucking can (laughs) And I've made the smartest choice here because I don't think the Germans are going to recognise that limerick, but they do have access to Shakespeare and the Bible. So yes. this is the smartest choice I could make and this is about my safety, thanks very much. I'm going with the limerick.
0: Isn't it such a testament to the fact that there are different kinds of skill and intelligence and mm. talent and that one particular kind of intelligence and skill and talent is always uh, used as what we should be Um, measuring our most brilliant people by Mm. and if they had measured her by that metric she wouldn't even have stayed in this program yep yet she's better and smarter at it than any of them
1: Mm -hmm. yep and she was given the chance to prove it when she parachuted into France Mm. in 1944 she went back in back behind enemy lines yep So it was around one in the morning and their plane was being fired up by cannons as they entered France over Mm. the English Channel. She was in the back of the plane wearing a full face of makeup and her overalls (laughs) were pulled up over her prettiest frock and she was carrying her handbag Mm -hmm. with her because she needed to be in, you know, regular garb as soon as she landed. She'd been out celebrating. The night before, final night of freedom before the mission began, so she was very hungover and had terrible motion sickness. (laughs) And when the time came for her to jump, she was like, can you please just push me out of the plane? This is what I think they're going to have to do to me (laughs)
0: on
1: Saturday. I can't do it myself. Can you please just roll me over to the edge and just push me out? When she landed, she got all tangled up in a tree, so just picture her
0: hanging (laughs)
1: Sake. Um, she tried to cut herself free, but while she was doing that, she could hear footsteps mm. approaching and she was like, <gasps> pulled out her gun, ready to kill her first Nazi. But it turned out to be a member of the French resistance mm. who was there.
0: Yeah,
1: And as soon as he saw her, he immediately... <laughs> tried to hit on her with some smooth pickup line and she did exactly what you just did, which was roll her (laughs) eyes and go, don't give me that French shit, just help me get down, please. Mm -hmm. And she was taken to a little village to meet the leader of the Mackie group that she'd been assigned to work Mm. with. Her mission was to assess them, figure out exactly what they needed and then place orders for guns, ammo, supplies with the Brits over the Mm. radio and work out where and when the things were going to be dropped in by air. And there were about 4,000 men in this marquee group. The guy who was in charge was named Gaspar, and he hated the idea of depending on a foreigner, let alone a foreign woman. Mm. So he was so hostile towards her from the moment she arrived. And to make matters worse, when she parachuted in the radio operator that she'd been partnered with, a guy called Dennis, he'd got carried off in a different direction along with his radio and no one knew where he was. Uh So they just had to wait and hope that he'd arrived. And so she was sort of there like, okay, I can't really do a lot to contribute until Dennis gets here, but I'm sure he'll be here any day now. And after a few days of waiting, she overheard Gaspard and his men saying that Nancy was just a liability without Mm. her radio operator and that it was an insult that the Brits had sent a woman to do what is clearly a man's job? So someone should just seduce her, kill her, and take her money because she had a whole lot of cash oh yeah, in her bag. It's
0: so easy to seduce a woman, but uh-huh. okay. <laughs> who's also
1: being trained? <laughs> yeah, in, um,
0: who can kill you with her combat. bare hands? That's yeah, right.
1: yeah. Um, so she, of course, being Nancy, confronted them straight away mm-hmm. and challenged them if they thought they were such tough, manly men to show their strength. In a drinking contest, and they agreed, and then they were very, very embarrassed when Nancy annihilated them <laughs> because they all passed out, whereas she, like Lucille Bluth, was able to just sort of wipe the corner yep. of her mouth and walk away and tuck herself into bed.
0: Look, it's a skill. It's a skill few of us have. <laughs> but let if you're me born tell you, with it, <laughs> you, you got can it. be proud of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and then finally. Days later, Dennis finally showed up at the Marquee camp and Nancy was super relieved he was alive, not just because of the mission, but because she adored him. Mm-hmm. They were really close friends. And she was like, Den, Den, where have you been? And Dennis was a flaming homosexual. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, Dals, when we landed, I realised you- I was actually quite close. What?
0: I was going to say, did he meet someone? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was quite close to um, where one of my old hookups lives. And so I decided to pop by for a visit. And then before I knew it, a couple of days had gone past and I didn't even realise it.
0: I love him. So, yeah,
1: he'd gone to go have a sneaky little hookup, but he'd arrived finally. Get it
0: where you can, Dan. Mm-hmm.
1: That was his philosophy. Yeah. He's like, I might never get the chance to see yeah. this guy or any other. It is literally lover the end of the life. world
0: for them every day. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. he went and had his fun. If
0: you can get some pain, mm-hmm. get it. Get it, girl.
1: And now he'd reported for duty. So um, he helped Nancy send their first order to London and a few nights later, the delivery dropped out of the sky and finally the Mackie really saw how valuable Mm. Nancy could be to them and she became one of the highest status people in that group of 4,000 men in the forest. And they got to work making life very difficult for the Nazis using guerrilla warfare tactics. So you can very much picture, if you've ever read Tomorrow When the War Mm -hmm. Began, which so many of us grew up reading in the 90s yeah.
0: if you're our age and australian yeah you read it yeah and if you
1: haven't read it just picture blowing up bridges blowing up railway lines blowing up roads doing as much damage to the infrastructure as possible yeah. just to make it difficult for um the invaders to operate and of course they were killing nazis whenever they got the opportunity and they were enjoying it yeah yes they were doing all this hardcore stuff, but Nancy was never once seen without a full face of makeup. <laughs> love it. And one of her conditions behind of being deployed behind mm-hmm. enemy lines was that the Brits would provide her with whatever personal requests she had. Mm-hmm. So in every single airdrop, Nancy would get a special personal delivery of Elizabeth Arden, Lizzie <laughs> Arden, cosmetics, chocolates, tea, mm-hmm. silk stockings, mm-hmm. because she never wanted to be seen of wearing course. stockings that had a ladder in them. And, yeah, she was the only woman in this group of what ended up being 7,000 men because a lot of people, when they found out how good she was at getting stuff from Mm. the Brits, thousands more people said, I want to join, I want to join, I want to join. So they were bringing in all these new members And yes, she was camping out in the forest most of the time, but she wanted to maintain her appearance. And it was absolutely not about being attractive to the men. Mm. It was about demonstrating her level of self-discipline and the pride that she took in herself. I
0: mean, I think, I hope we're getting to a point in feminism Society, whatever, where women don't have to explain why they mm-hmm. want to embrace their femininity. I just do. Yep. Leave me alone. Yep. Fine. And- I like wearing makeup. I like my pantyhose. Mm-hmm. And I also know how to kill a Nazi with my bare hands. That's right. Fuck off. Yep.
1: And she was one of the first people to start this conversation back in the 40s when people would be talking to her about this and she would say, I managed to use my femininity as a weapon. It worked to my advantage. Of course I'm going to keep up the routine. I
0: mean, people are multifaceted. People contain multitudes. Every human being contains multitudes within them of who they are and what they're about and and what is important to them and how they embrace the world, you can be a woman who wears a full face of makeup and mm-hmm. is also living in the forest killing Nazis. That's right. You can. Yeah. It's just – it's why it annoys me, just as an aside, mm. people don't take the Kardashians seriously and it, because of, you know, the fact that they've built their empires around beauty products. And I'm like, well – And Mm -hmm. why can't they have built their empire around that kind of thing and also be considered serious businesswomen, which they are? I Mm -hmm. don't – yeah.
1: Yep. I'm with you, honey. I am with you. Yeah. Um, Okay. And also – Yeah.
0: One more thing. It was hilarious to me at our shows after the first night in which you were wearing a leotard and tights, you said to me, oh, I didn't realise you couldn't just put tights on and pull them straight up to your hips because you had (laughs) ladders in your tights after like five minutes. And I was like, oh, if you're a woman, you would know you have to bunch them all up around your toes and then pull it up an inch and then pull it up another inch. Lindsay, you know what I'm talking about. Jacob literally just put his tights on and went yank. (laughs) And he was like, I don't understand. Why have my tights ripped? I was like, "Ah." These are faulty. Oh, to be a woman.
1: (laughs) Um, They spent a few months living in the forest Mm. and very successfully fucking stuff up for the Nazis. And that, of course, made the Nazis very motivated yeah. to hunt them down and stop them. And one morning, Nancy and the Marquis woke up to realise the Nazis had figured out where they were <gasps> and they'd sent like 20,000 troops to attack
0: Oofed, them. run.
1: Yes, so they realised straight away they had to retreat or they were going to get stuck in a siege situation. Yeah. So off they went and Denden Den was sure they were going to be captured. So he followed protocol for that scenario and he destroyed and buried the radio and he burnt all the secret codes, which meant that when the marquee regrouped in their new location, once they were safe, they realised they were pretty much screwed because they didn't have a radio anymore. They were now cut off from London. They couldn't let London know where they'd moved to because this was not planned and they couldn't get any more supplies or weapons or instructions and they'd left most of their stuff behind at the previous location. So their top priority was get to a radio somewhere and send a message to London to tell them their new coordinates and request a new radio here. And Denden thought he might know where there was a radio, but it was at a safe house about 250 kilometres away.
0: Jesus.
1: Along a road that was riddled with Nazi checkpoints. Yeah. And Nancy knew that not one of the men would be able to get through those checkpoints Mm. without getting arrested, but she knew that she She absolutely could. could. Yeah. So she told the men her plan was to ride a bike to the safe house, carrying nothing but a string bag full of groceries so that she looked like she was just a regular housefrau. Yeah. Um, out to do a little bit of shopping. And the men all objected and said, no, you can't. It's a suicide mission. But, of course, no man could ever tell Nancy what she was mm. or wasn't going to do. So she fixed up her makeup and tidied her hair and she got on that bike and after about 35 hours of nonstop riding, yeah. she arrived at the safe house. <gasps> They had no idea who she was, but she convinced them to let her use the radio. She got in touch with London, told them where her team was hiding, and they said, yep, sure, we'll send you a new radio and we'll get you the supplies you need as soon as possible. And then she had to get back on the bike and ride the 250 kilometres all the way back to the base camp in excruciating pain and wanting to stop But to keep herself motivated, she just kept thinking about Henri and Picon and how much she wanted to Mm. get back to them and also thinking about how much she hated the Nazis. Hate was a very powerful motivator for her. So she kept going, kept going. When she got back to the camp, she'd done the whole trip in less than 72 hours. Her feet were like bloodied stumps and her inner thighs were just like one big blister. She was exhausted and she was delirious. She was just so full of... Pain and fear mm. and anxiety, but elation over the yeah, fact that yeah. she'd made it as well. And when she finally got to sleep, she slept for days. Mm. And when she'd wake up, all she'd want was brandy.
0: <laughs> Just oh God, to I love numb it. the pain. That, if that was me, it'd be bird in hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bought me another glaze. Um, And then a few days later, the airdrop came. She'd got exactly what they needed. She'd rescued them through that effort. And she said that bike ride was the thing she was most proud of in her entire life because without her successfully completing that mission, they were screwed. They were effed. Yeah. But now they could get back to work um, blowing things up and raiding Nazi bases and they started to really have some fun while they were doing it. There Mm -hmm. was this one time, this is so inglorious bastards, they broke into a Nazi base where all the high-ranking Nazi officers were sitting down to have lunch in the dining room and just as they were all cheering each other with their big steins of beer, Nancy pulled the pin on a grenade, threw it under (gasps) their table, bolted, and she managed to kill 38 Nazi officers in that one with that grenade.
0: She's oh my back. god, that is so inglorious, bastard, totally. Tarantino esque. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's like, I'm now realizing that he just stole this all from her. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Oh, yep. I love her
1: And then I mentioned about the killing with her bare hands uh-huh. At the very beginning This is one of the things that Nancy's most famous for There was one time they were going to blow up an ammunition factory yeah. And um, when they got there They were scoping out where the guards were on duty And... Nancy was assigned one of the guards to take out, so she snuck up on him just as he turned around and spotted her. She gave him a judo chop whack on the neck. He fell down on the ground dead instantly, and she was just like, "I can't believe that worked!" Like she'd been trained to do it, and they had to spend time all day, every day, like
0: practicing and like hardening up their hands
1: by hitting table, hitting table, table, hitting table. Yes,
0: and then when she does the five point, what's it called? Five point finger thing that Pai yes, yes, yes. May taught her mm. in the end. Yeah, yeah, yep. <gasps>
1: Um Tarantino is the perfect person to make the Nancy Wake movie. I want him
0: to make it, although yeah. I kind of want a woman to make it. But like, oh my god, get him collaborating then at I the very least. Not been he a is movie. He's clearly
1: a big fan of hers. Yeah. Mm. We'll get to talking about why there hasn't been okay. a fictionalized movie in a little bit.
0: Uh oh, did she get cancelled?
1: No, Did she say
0: something offensive about gay people? Not at all. (laughs) It always happens. Did she get milkshake ducked?
1: No, she could have. She did say some very inappropriate things. Well, they all did back then. But, you know, it was a different time, so no one really cared. she had absolutely no qualms about killing Nazis whatsoever, male or female. And there was one time they found a female spy in the camp. So some members of the Marquis had taken women in and started using them as sex workers. And this was mm, all Do you say hidden sex away. workers,
0: but it's against their will, so they're not sex workers.
1: It feels like they were sex slaves. Yes. Yeah. However, they were being paid. But... Yeah, but... The if, whole thing... If,
0: the, if your choice is... We'll pet you to have sex with us Mm. or we will kill you. Mm. It's still coerced.
1: And it was not just wrong but completely against protocol Mm. in their little army rule book.
0: Always terrible men on all sides.
1: So when they got caught, Nancy insisted on the girls being freed and she was horrified about how the way the women had been mistreated so she made sure that the men were punished Then she figured out that one of the three girls was actually a Nazi spy who had been sent in to the camp so that she could get intel back to the Nazis and Nancy arrested her, interrogated her to get all the information she could about what the woman knew and then said, okay, we're going to have to execute this woman Mm -hmm. and all the men refused. They said they just couldn't bring themselves to kill a woman. Yeah. And she was like, for God's sake, this is ridiculous. She is just as dangerous as a man. If we let her go, I'll do it myself if you won't do it. Mm. Because she understood that if this woman went free, then hundreds, potentially thousands of people on her side of the war could die. And she just thought it was so ridiculous that these men had this moral code that they refused to kill a woman for doing something they would absolutely kill a man for.
0: It's like, it's a weird thing of feminism isn't it you know Mm. how there are (laughs) men who say like oh you know you want equality but then you also expect us to stand up for you on the bus Mm. or to open doors for you and it's like no what we want is equality and that includes killing us Mm. if we're your enemy in a war
1: yeah but then in their weird brains, they somehow thought it was more proper for a man to be the one to execute the woman than for a woman to execute the woman. Right. So, in the end, one of the men stepped in and said, I can't let you do it, Nancy. I'll do it myself.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Wait wait. Right. wait, 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 wait. So, the men didn't want to execute a woman. Mm-hmm. So, then the only woman, Nancy, said, well, I will execute her because if we set her free, she will go and tell them where we are and we will all die. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, well, okay, The only thing worse than a man executing a woman is a woman executing a woman. Therefore, a man will execute a woman. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That
1: all tracks nicely. Then, in 1944, the Nazis started retreating from France Mm -hmm. because they could see they were losing. Yeah. And Nancy and the Maquis and all the members of the SOE were celebrated as war heroes and they went to a few different liberated cities to join the celebration parties there. And in one of those cities, Nancy ran into a lady she knew from Marseille and they were having a bit of a catch-up chat and Nancy mentioned that in a couple of days she was going back to Marseille. And the lady was like... Really? Why? And Nancy was like to see Henri, my oh, husband, no, and the lady was like, "Oh, but he's dead." And that was how she found out that her husband had been arrested by the Nazis and executed.
0: Looking for her?
1: Uh, no, he wasn't looking for her. No, he... I mean,
0: as in, were they looking for her, and that's why he was oh, arrested?
1: Oh, yes, yeah. Um, a couple of weeks after. She'd left, Um, he'd been arrested and they tortured him trying to get her location because they'd figured out that Nancy was the white mouse Mm. and they wanted to know where she'd gone. He refused to give them any information. Five months he was tortured and then finally they executed him. Yes. And she was very, very upset at the way she found that information out from that woman because it was delivered in such a sort of callous way. Mm. Her heart was broken. Did
0: she judo chop her? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> she was well within
1: her rights yeah. too. She um, cussed Oof. her out a bit.
0: I, I feel like no one should ever teach me how to do that because, <laughs> like, I'm an emotional person and if I had the power to kill someone with a single judo chop, like, some arguments with Caleb, I don't know. <laughs> Your impulse you control know, is
1: not what you're known for. My
0: mum annoying me.
1: Mm. I, mm,
0: I could just get... Mm, <laughs> judo chop. Like, and then,
1: uh-oh. It's good to know that about yeah. yourself.
0: No one ever teach me how to black belt judo chop kill someone with a single stroke.
1: We've been warned. Yeah. Uh, okay. She did end up going back to Marseille anyway and she was reunited with Picot. <laughs> So that was one little bit of solace. Um, He'd been looked after by some neighbours. Yeah, So she was reunited with her little dog, but just devastated that she'd lost Henri. So the rest of the Marquis sort of continued chasing the Germans and Mm. continued getting involved involved in fights along the way. But for her, she was like, I'm done. I'm gonna go back to London. And she now.
0: had done enough.
1: Oh, she'd made a big enough yeah. contribution for sure. Um, she couldn't bear to stay in France, let alone Marseille anymore. So back to London, she went. And when the war was completely over, she was given a lot of medals. She got more medals than any other woman in World War II. Uh, She got medals from the English, the French, the Americans and the Kiwis. But strangely, the Australians refused to give her any acknowledgement because Mm. technically she wasn't fighting for the Australian army, which is a technicality that was just a bit Petty, really?
0: I mean, less than 1% of our public statues are of women, so... Uh. You know We don't have a great track record Mm -mm.
1: Yeah, Don't love to recognise What the ladies can Mm. achieve The dames Um, She did fall in love again And she married a guy named John But for the rest of her life She kept a photo of Henri On her bedside table Mm. And she was always open About the fact that he was The true love of her life Mm. And that she was just devastated To lose him at such a young age She ended up moving back to Australia And she ran for parliament a few times And she did very well She didn't actually Win a seat, but she disrupted the um the political system in the areas where she ran. Where did she live? Uh, Northern um, Sydney, oh, the Mossman sort of area. Yeah, Yeah. fancy. Um, ultimately though, she ended up moving to Port Macquarie
0: Ah, because she wanted
1: more of a Port Mac. Yeah. She loved the port Um, and she made really great friends there. For
0: people who don't know Port Macquarie, if you've seen Muriel's Wedding, it's kind of like porpoise spit. Mm. I think it's like almost even – porpoise spit's even modelled on places like Port Macquarie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So think like tourist town but for the like caravan tourists. Yeah,
0: caravan tourists. Bogans, chavs, what do you call them in America? Rednecks. Mm. Hillbillies. Hillbillies, Mm. yeah. Love Uh, it.
1: Oh, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah. Um, When she was running, though, so this is in like the late forties, early Mm. fifties, she caused quite a stir with her scandalous behaviour because she'd be photographed wearing a skirt with no stockings, and one time she was photographed drinking beer with (gasps) men in a beer garden, and there was one time she was sitting on stage with her legs crossed at the knee instead of the ankle. That's what sluts do. (laughs) We can't possibly elect someone like this. Is this what the country is coming to? There was this moral outrage about the way Nancy was conducting herself in the public eye. So she was like, okay, politics is rubbish. I'm yeah. out of this game. And so then she spent her time focusing on the biographies that were being written about her mm-hmm. and then ultimately writing her own autobiography. Oh, she
0: wrote her own? Yes,
1: it came out in 1985 oh, awesome. and it's the one I would recommend to all of you if you're yeah. going to read one of the biographies and I've only given you A few chapters and only the gist of those few chapters of what happened in Nancy's life. So I highly recommend reading her autobiography, The White Mouse. Um, And when that book came out in 1985, because it was super popular and a lot of people were talking about Nancy Wake, the Australian government finally went, oh, you know what? Maybe she does deserve some medals. Of course. And they offered them to her and she told them, literally, these were her words, that they could stick their medals where the monkey sticks his nuts. (laughs) I don't want them, thank you. They're not going to be given out of love, so I will not receive them.
0: You know who she reminds me of? Grace Tame.
1: Yeah. How
0: Grace Tame is just like, F you guys, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bend to the status quo. I'm not going to pretend I'm thrilled to be here. Yep. I have an agenda that is important to me. I'm doing important, brilliant, brave work. Yep. And I'm not going to acquiesce yeah. to what politics asks of me.
1: Exactly. I don't care about your status yeah. and I don't care about you saving face. And Everything
0: I did and I am doing is more important than all of that.
1: Your stupid protocol. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned, there were a number of attempts made from the 70s onwards as well to make movies telling Nancy's story, but they just didn't get off the ground because there's so much complexity in mm. there. And one of the things that she found most frustrating is every movie maker that she would work with would want to somehow inject some sort of love story. Yeah for when she was in the forest, like they needed some sort of sexual tension between her no, but she and loved the on man. Me. She was like, no. If God's sake, no, 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 no. She did say later in life, look, I regret it. I should have had more fun with those (laughs) virile young men, but if I'd accommodated one of them, I would have had to accommodate all of them. So, no, it just never happened. Stop trying to work that into the narrative if you're going to tell this story. She kind of got tricked into agreeing to a TV miniseries in the 80s Mm. where Noni Hazlehurst played her.
0: Stop it, really?
1: Mm. So, she agreed to do it. Before she got to see the script
0: Ah, oh, big mistake Yeah
1: And um, then when it was released She was very, very critical of it And she had her rights to be mm. Firstly, she was really annoyed That they showed her cooking for the men in the marquee, And she was like I was one of the highest ranked people in that forest. The men were cooking for me. I absolutely was not there doing domestic duties for any of them. And, yes, they had injected this love story between Nancy and one of the other resistance fighters. So she was really annoyed about that. Um, Yeah, so she kind of was the obstacle that got in the way of the movies being made because she wanted them to be made right. Oh,
0: yeah, it sounds like she should be though. Yeah. Yeah, she was just trying to stop it from being shit.
1: That's right. Then in the 90s, her husband died and she decided she was going to sell her medals because she had no need for them. The media asked her why and she said, look, there's absolutely no point in me keeping them because I'm probably going to go to hell and they would just melt there anyway. so i'd rather have the money and the australian government tried to intervene and tell her nancy you can't sell them they're not a commercial you're good effed. you're meant to donate them to the australian museum and she was like why would i give them to you yeah, buy the them one from me country then. who didn't want to give me a medal until all of a sudden 30 years later i was popular yeah. around the country no i will be selling these medals so she put them up for auction and it ended up being the australian museum who had to pay a small fortune to her yes. if they wanted to get them cool. On them, Could.
0: As Could. it should
1: have been. Then in 2001, she decided, okay, it's time for me to check out. And she moved to London where she checked in to her favorite hotel, the Stafford. And when the concierge asked her how long she was going to be staying, she said, I'm going to be here until I die. <laughs> And that's pretty much what she did. She spent every day drinking gin and tonics at the bar from breakfast onwards. And she would just be regaling people who'd come and visit her with all her old war tales. When she ran out of money, Prince Charles said, I will happily pay for her hotel (gasps) bill from now until... The end of her life. Chucky. Uh huh. That's he intervened. the first time
0: I've ever liked him.
1: One of the best things, the best thing he's ever done.
0: So he didn't only pay for her fancy hotel, but also her bar tab,
1: her, yeah, <laughs> which, which we've established, yeah,
0: was substantial, was was big, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what what year was this? Uh,
1: this like, was around what time? 2004-ish.
0: Wow. Which is also
1: around the time that she. Graciously accepted the Companion of the Order of Australia. Mm-hmm. She decided it was time for her to receive some recognition yeah. from the people of Aussie. And then in 2011, she died at the ripe old age of 98 <gasps> years. She had a very good innings and her request was that her ashes be scattered over the french forest where she'd fought with the maquis for only a few months 70 years prior but she knew that was by far the most important thing she'd done with her life Mm. she had saved really when you think about like ripple effect of how many people she saved tens of thousands of people um and that is the contribution or the gist of the contribution that Nancy Wake made to World War II. That is the gist of the story of the white mouse.
0: (sighs) That was so good. Wild, huh? How did she die? Just old. Chest infection. Chest infection. Yeah. Being old. Mm. Was there any kind of ceremony or whatever when there she died. There were a like...
1: lot of tributes on TV mm-hmm. and so I'll actually post in the show notes some links to some of the tributes they put on TV and, yes, she did have a state funeral.
0: Where? Here? Yeah,
1: here in Australia. But I think she, it was Melbourne, she Canberra. She died in the UK.
0: Because yeah. Charles was footing her gin and tonic bill so you That's wouldn't right. leave that,
1: would uh-huh. you? No, 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 no.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That was amazing.
1: She never had kids because she didn't want them. And that's a valid choice, everybody. Let's <laughs> that just remember. Made
0: Lindsay laugh. <laughs> love it. Yes.
1: I I love when people can just freely admit that yeah, there is nothing no wrong with someone not wanting yeah. kids, especially a woman.
0: Yeah, no, thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. I love but, that. But you
1: know, she's remembered by all these people around the world who, you know, they can connect back to the way that she saved either them directly or a member of their family.
0: Wow. Mm. She is literally probably at this stage, this far into the future from back then, responsible for hundreds of thousands of people being alive. Mm -hmm. If you count their children, grandchildren, -grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren, like she is.
1: The way that she and her 7,000 men in the Marquis were able to help fight the Nazis off made such a big difference in World War II coming to an end when it did. Um, And take it back to the very beginning She was a wealthy housewife Who didn't have to do any of this But she chose to do it because she knew it was the right thing
0: And if you take it back to the very, very beginning She was a Kiwi wearing jandals (laughs) Writing with pins (laughs) That's what Aussies think your accent sounds like (laughs)
1: And great, I love it. We're not great at it. <laughs> the only thing, Kiwis, that I just find really difficult is the way that you say woman and woman. And woman they sound and the woman. same. You're trying to say woman and women. You say ah. Single and plural.
0: Ah, woman. And look, look at these woman. women. Yeah, it's all the same. Woman, woman.
1: This woman, two woman. <laughs> <laughs> Drives me nuts. Uh,
0: but I still love you. That was. Amazing! Thank you very much. I can't believe there's not been a non-crappy Noni Hazelhurst film or TV series about her.
1: Yeah, feel like it's got to happen at some point. No,
0: I love Noni Hazelhurst. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't mean her that performance
1: is terrific. Noni
0: Hazelhurst is like a play school staple mm-hmm. of my childhood I meant just like a crappy series yeah. not that it was Noni's fault yeah.
1: and Nancy had no notes for Noni's performance she yeah. didn't hold Noni responsible at all for the script that had been written it was just that she agreed Yeah, too late in the process to tell them no I don't want you to put a romance story in there. So check out the show notes I'll put in a link there to some really fantastic documentaries that feature interviews with Nancy herself at various stages in Mm. her life 70s, 80s, 90s and then even in the 2000s Um, some of the books that I read as well there's also, if you just want sort of an extended version of Just the Gist, there's a podcast series, a two parter called Espionage um, available on Spotify so I'll post a link to that as well Um, and then from there, go as far down the rabbit hole as you want to, there's a lot to read about her.
0: I love her. Yeah,
1: she's pretty great.
0: (gasps) Yay! The white mouse, that was it! Well, in what is equally as brave as anything she did, we will go skydiving in Wollongong, attached to very experienced people Mm -hmm. doing all the work.
1: We've got to figure out our costumes.
0: See if we survive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye Listener